Hello, everybody. Andy Jacob here with the dot-com magazine entrepreneur spotlight series. Settle back in your chair today, everyone. I have an amazing show. You know, you watch the show and you know that we love bringing leaders in their particular space on the show. Today's guest, I've actually stretched out our time more than normal today because there's so much to unpack with what Mr. Robin Hills is doing in his training program, in his opportunity to change people's lives, not only on a personal level, but on a business level as well. And what we're going to talk about today, it's a buzzword. You hear it around, but really Robin is one of the worldwide leading experts. He's a best-selling author. We're going to be talking about emotional intelligence. Now, if you listen to my wife, I need to take Robin's courses because my emotional intelligence level, according to her, is not that great. But I, of course, disagree with that. I'm just joking around. But it's good to have a good sense of humor. And that's part of emotional intelligence as well. And, you know, when we talk about positivity, we talk about positive psychology and neuroscience. Nobody understands it better than this internationally recognized expert we've been able to bring on the show today, Robin Hills. Robin, welcome to the dot-com magazine Entrepreneur Spotlight Series today. Andy, it is brilliant to be with you today. Thank you for that introduction. I can hardly recognize myself. Yeah, I love it so much. And of course, listen, I don't even want to say how many years, but you have over 35 years of successful commercial and leadership experience. I mean, you've worked in a variety of different management roles with really a wide variety of companies from small startups to large multinationals. So you really understand what it's all about. But before we get into it, let's define emotional intelligence. There's a lot of talk about it. There's a lot of articles about it. There's a lot going on with regard to this, what I'm going to call buzzword. But when you really get into it deeply, it's a fascinating psychology and a fascinating subject matter that we're going to get into. So let's define emotional intelligence for our viewers, and then we're going to get going. Yeah, great idea. Um, emotional intelligence really is defined very, very simply. It's the way in which you work with your thinking and combine it with your feelings in order to make good, authentic decisions and build up authentic relationships with the intention of action. Now, that's it. But it is incredibly difficult to do. So the definition is very simple. The construct itself is very, very complex. Yeah, let's talk about the construct because you listen to it and it sounds like a simple concept, but it's not simple because there's all of these different things that are coming into play. You know, the emotions, the, the brain circuitry, your experiences, your background, and then, of course, your intelligence at the same time, all combined into one thing. When we talk about it in business, let's talk about it. And then we want to get into your training because you have an incredible platform, which is just remarkable. So many people use it and get such a great outcome from using it. It's remarkable. We want to get into that. But let's talk about it. In business, why is emotional intelligence important? Well, look, let's, let's look at emotions in a bit more detail. And it depends upon what academic research you look at. We experience as human beings anything between about 2,000 emotions and 34,000 different emotions. 
So all the time we are experiencing an emotion. Now, to look at emotional intelligence very, very simply, and a lot of people do look at it incredibly simply, they will look at about two dozen emotions, the more familiar ones, anger, happiness, sadness, fear, a little bit of anxiety, disappointment, satisfaction, those sort of emotions. But everything we do, every action we take, every thought process that we go through is underpinned by an emotion. And these sort of emotions are going to be influenced by our memories, our experience. They're going to be they're going to be influenced by our preferences and our biases, whether they're conscious or unconscious. And so this is the reason why emotional intelligence is so important in business. If we can recognize that emotions drive our thinking and affect the way that we make our decisions and make our choices and make our judgments, then we're in a better position to be able to work with it. And the other key component there is building up relationships, networking, influencing people, persuading people, whether they're in the business or outside of the business. Wow. So interesting. Let's talk about it from a CEO perspective, Robin. Of course, the director of training and CEO of EI for Change. I mean, we're going to talk about the platform, but let's talk about it. So a CEO gets up in the morning and they have, an, they have a bad morning. And then they get to their car and on the way to the office, their wheel blows out. And then they get an, they roll down the road another 20 miles and it starts to rain. And then they get out of the car and they trip in a pothole. I mean, they have a bad morning. I guess that would be called a bad morning. And they get into that office. Are we saying that that morning with all of that happening is affecting their judgment? And sometimes these CEOs could be making some very bad decisions based on this sort of negative psychology that maybe they've had in the first hour of their day. Let's unpack that and talk about that a little bit. Absolutely. What you've just described is a very real situation that affects a lot of people. It doesn't necessarily be need to be the tire blowing out. It may, may be as simple as an email that they weren't expecting and uh, it didn't have the outcomes that they were looking for. Now, in these sort of circumstances, the CEO has to recognize that they are responsible, whether they like it or not, for the climate within the business. So if a CEO wants all their people to be happy, a climate of fear and a climate of anger is not going to create happy people. Now, happy people are much more productive, much more responsive to changing situations and are going to give a better performance. So the important thing is to look at how you can work with emotions in an appropriate way. What I'd like to do here, and if I may, is to get rid of one of these myths that goes around with regards to emotional intelligence and psychology, and that is positive and negative emotions. We all experience emotions. All emotions are there for a reason. They're physiological and psychological reactions to changing environments. And what we need to do is to recognize them as such and understand that emotions contain data. It's not the emotion that is positive or negative. 
It's the actions, the behaviors that we take that fall out of those emotions that should require the label. So often, fear and anger are labeled as negative emotions. Well, anger is a positive emotion if you use it to right a wrong. If somebody's doing something that goes against your values, your ethics, your morals, then you need to deal with it. You need to deal with that individual in an appropriate manner at an appropriate time. Not easy. Um, if fear is such a negative emotion, why do we get such joy from going on roller coasters and watching scary movies? So we've just got to recognize that these emotions are there, like I say, for a reason. I'm going to go to the other end of the spectrum. Happiness is often considered to be a positive emotion. And we all strive towards happiness, but it's a very short-lived emotion. And uh, when people are deliriously happy, you can't communicate with them. Um, the sales figures are down this quarter. What is it that we're going to do about it? Oh, don't worry, be happy. It'll all be all right. And then people will take unnecessary risks. So what we need to do is to understand that there are going to be certain circumstances where we don't necessarily feel particularly pleasant, but the emotion is very, very necessary for us to perform well in the circumstances that we find themselves in. Now, prior to coming onto this show, I was not feeling particularly pleasant. I've been on a number of different shows, but I was feeling anxious. I had a degree of anxiety. And I was pleased that I had that degree of anxiety. It didn't feel good, but I needed that anxiety to physiologically and psychologically get me into the right space so that I could engage positively with you, Andy. I hope it's working, but I needed that emotion in order to, um, like I say, perform. Yeah, I love it so much. Let's Let's continue on with our story. So Robin, I love what you're saying. It's really important. We talk about the emotions. We talk about the resulting action. And of course, in this story that I made up with the CEO that's having a bad morning, he rolls into work or she rolls into work and the people are watching the CEO because leadership starts at the top. And before that CEO gets out of the car, let's just say they've had a terrible morning. What are some things they can do that when they walk out of that car, knowing everybody's watching them, everybody is watching them for leadership. Everybody's looking to them to set the precedent. Everybody's looking at them to set the stage for the company's business for that day. Are there certain things they can do either physiologically or psychologically to get themselves out of that, let's say, negative state and then put themselves on the right path to have a great day? What can they do? It's not going to be easy. And of course, it'll sound very trite coming out of my mouth because, oh, this is what you should be doing. And in the intensity of the emotion, it can't really be done that way. So I think looking at it realistically, good leaders show their level of vulnerability and they're very honest with people. So in those sort of circumstances, what I would recommend that they do, if they can possibly do it, and they need to build up a a climate, a culture where they should be able to do it, just go in and say, I am not feeling particularly good at the moment. 
I have had a really bad morning getting here. So I need a bit of space in order to sort myself out. Can somebody take over? Can somebody give me half an hour just to go and get myself a cup of coffee, put my feet up, sort myself out mentally and physically, and then I can come in and engage. And it's important that the CEO learns some of the techniques from mindfulness in order to get themselves back onto the straight and narrow again. Uh, look, let me say once again, Andy, very easy for me to say, incredibly difficult to do. This is why emotional intelligence is not easy. Yeah, it's really interesting. Of course, we all have different levels of emotional intelligence. And let's talk about the assessment process, because that's something that you've really become an expert in with the psychometric testing. What types of testing are the best ways to find out where somebody sort of baselines out with their emotional intelligence? And then how do we use the assessments to sort of program a process to go forward and maybe change what the emotional intelligence level is to a different level? Sure. I'm, I'm actually qualified in using a lot of uh, psychometrics. I've chosen to become qualified in global leading psychometrics. So I'm qualified in DISC. I'm qualified in the Myers-Briggs type indicator, step one, step two. I'm qualified in OCEAN and I'm qualified in the EQ, EQI 2.0. Now, really, each of those psychometrics perform a particular task. They're tools. So what we need to do, or what I do, is I select the most appropriate tool for the circumstance, the situation, and for the person involved. Now, it doesn't matter what tool I use, the important process with regards to utilizing these tools is to help people with their self-awareness. And uh, really, these tools, when they're used well and professionally, are used in a coaching scenario. Um, now, a lot of these tools are criticized because some of them do not measure, uh, have no predictability elements. So uh, they tend to be dismissed because they don't have that. And I'm talking here about the... Um, Myers-Briggs type indicator step one assessment. It's not designed to be predictable, to show predictability. It's designed to show strength of preferences and how preferences drive behavior. So the best way of using the Myers-Briggs type indicator is to use it as a, a coaching tool and to really focus in on the coaching rather than the, uh, the report or the outcome. Now, the EQI 2.0, by contrast, is scientifically validated, and it's a great assessment, but it looks at 15 different facets in five different sections. It's a comprehensive report, and learning how to read and interpret this is a skill that I'm developing, I have developed, and I'm still working on having worked with it for well over 10 years. And it gives some really good insights as to exactly what you're suggesting, Andy. It enables somebody to focus in on a, per a particular aspect of their emotional intelligence. It may not be, or they may not be the lowest facets. They may in certain circumstances be the highest 
because their strengths overplayed and they've then reverted into being a weakness. Or they may be some of the mid-range facets that really need a bit more attention to pull them up, to pull them up a bit, because by pulling them up, it will then allow all of the ones that are at the lower level to increase at the same time. And that's where the skill comes in, in terms of working with these. So people taking them, again, they should be coached. What do they want to work on? What is more pertinent to them? What is getting in the way? What will really help with them with regards to their performance? Wow. You know, whether you're using the NEO or the Myers-Briggs or the DISC or the advanced DISC, people come to you, companies come to you. And let's talk about that a little bit. What's the conversation sound like? Who do they want to have your coaching? Why are they looking for this type of coaching from your sort of specialization? And what's that going to do for their company once they bring you in, once you give them the proper assessments, once you decide what has to happen to coach them to the next level? What types of companies are using your system right now, Robin? Well, quite a few companies have been uh, involved in using these psychometrics. But uh, what I've got to say here, Andy, is that we do need to help people to understand that these are tools which are not necessarily there to fix people. What we need to do is to look at these tools for people who don't need fixing. They're the ones who really would benefit. Now, I get people thrown towards me. Uh, can you fix them, please? And really, when we have the uh, conversation, which is confidential, I find out that the person doesn't need fixing. They just need to build their self-awareness. And perhaps the role that they're in is not the right role for them at that particular time. So I've got to actually work with them to try and integrate them more positively within the company culture that they're working within, but also to help them look to the future in terms of how they can develop their career and get the satisfaction that they need in terms of what they want to do for the future. Yeah, it's really interesting. Of course, you present some of these topics at international conferences. You've written a couple of books. One of the books, The Authority Guide to Behavior and Business, is very interesting. I want to talk about that because we have CEOs, founders, C-level executives, people watching the show. And I'm thinking, are there certain behaviors in business that you see or find that are the most disruptive behaviors that a business possibly could have? And what are some of those behaviors that are causing challenges in businesses right now, Robin? Oh, what a, what an interesting question. We haven't got long to talk about it, but let me summarize it as quickly as I possibly can. Really, if we look at um, behaviors within business, we have preferences. And according to our, our background, our experience, our behavior, um, we have a particular focus in a, in a business setting. We're either focused on outcomes or we're focused on processes or we're focused on people or we're focused on creativity and innovation. Now, uh, that is a preference and we can blend those. But more often than not, one of those preferences is stronger than the other. 
So uh, identifying that is part of understanding yourself within the business environment. Now, where the um, problems come in is under stress, people will stick with their focus and become much more focused on their focus as being the right one. So a CEO who is very, very focused on outcomes will become very autocratic, will become very demanding, and will focus on getting things done as quickly as possible. Somebody who's focused on process will become very critical because things are not being done their way and people are not doing it in a stepwise manner. CEOs who are very, very people-focused will become even more amiable. They'll give in, they'll acquiesce. They won't necessarily do the right thing to keep everybody happy. And people who are focused on creativity and innovation will become a lot more, well, they'll, they'll be a lot more scatty, a lot more of a maverick, and they will then try and do things in a completely different way, which completely upsets everybody else because they don't quite understand what they're being asked to do because the CEO really hasn't got the ability to bring people along with them. So these are the things that we need to help people to recognize. These are stress responses. So what happens when people are under stress? We get these extremes coming in. And then if stress becomes even more, then these behaviors alter even further and they become even more awkward. But uh, uh, we don't really have the time to go into those because it becomes very complicated as they move between all of the different styles. Wow, it's so interesting because you talk about something, there was a little hidden gem there for the people watching the show, rewind it. Robin speaks about the extremes. And I find that really interesting, that word, the extremes. When extremes happen, kind of interesting things happen within, within the dynamic of a company. And do you find that in a company that extremes all happen at the same time? Or are they sort of go through waves depending on who's going through the extreme in their life at that moment? I think we've just got to look at people as individuals and uh, we will go through extremes as individuals when change happens around us. There are going to be certain times when we, we can, for some reason, cope with anything that's thrown at us. And then there are going to be other times when the, a little tiny thing really just throws us completely off kilter and we just cannot cope. So a lot of it goes back to what we've been talking about all the way along, one of these fundamental tenets of emotional intelligence. It's having that self-awareness and knowing when to say, hang on, enough is enough, and to be able to um, work with it and manage it in an appropriate way. Now, a lot of CEOs are really going to struggle because they isolate themselves at the top of the tree and they've got nobody to talk to, nobody to turn to. And what I try and encourage people to do when they're at the top of the tree and everybody is looking to them for leadership is to have outlets, have a coach, 
somebody who you can talk to and you can you can offload onto. A lot of CEOs have lost their friends because they're so focused on doing a brilliant job. And they do, they further their career. But along the way, they've lost the friendship, school friends, people they've grown up with, people who know them incredibly well, where they can perhaps just go along and spend two or three hours with them, talking about something, anything other than the business. Or they can talk about the business, and that person knows them so well, they will listen. Listening is so important, and surrounding yourself with people that really care about you is also very, very important. Now, you're an expert in improvement. You're an expert in performance, both inside and outside of work. Are there some main tenets of your coaching practice where you look at the individual, you look at the person, and they're they're not maybe not doing what they should be doing to have a good, complete, like human experience. Like you mentioned, they've lost all their friends. They're not laughing. They're not having a good time. They don't take a walk through the beautiful fields. Maybe they're not getting enough exercise. Are these part of, or their diet's not that good. They're eating too much sugar. Maybe they have too much, you know, flour. Is this part of your training and coaching as well to sort of look at them from that standpoint as well? It is. It's a case of looking at each person holistically, because as human beings, whether, whether we like it or not, we, we are animals and we have certain needs. We, we have uh, certain physiological needs and certain psychological needs. But physiologically, we need to eat the right things. We need to drink water very regularly. <laughs> we need to uh, not indulge in bad habits, smoking, drinking too much, taking drugs, all of these things. We've all got to exercise. We've all got to sleep and have good quality sleep, regular sleep. We've got to take time away from the business. All of these things are vitally important. I'm sure I've missed a few, but these are things that I will encourage people to look at. And I don't care how successful a CEO is. I don't care how good his team is. Nobody else can eat that sandwich for him. Nobody else can drink that cup of coffee for her. Nobody else can go to the toilet for that person. Nobody else can go to sleep for them. So they've got to build these things into their working day. They've also got to learn to build in some me time, some time where they can spiritually engage with what it is that nourishes them and what it is that energizes them. Now, I'm not going all metaphysical here, but it is vitally important that they understand their place in the universe and relate to it in a positive way. Whatever their relationship with God is, whatever they perceive him to or her to be, but what is it within the universe that they need to do in order to make the difference. Yeah, I love it. Of course, all of what you do is based on data. And, and you co-developed what I call the coaching toolbox. And it's called Images of Resilience. And it's all about sort of 
what it takes as a human being to be resilient, not only in your personal life and in your family life, but in your organizational life as well, working with a team. There's a lot of teams working within organizations. Let's talk about that toolbox and and how important it is to be resilient as both a human being, of course, and an entrepreneur. Well, let, let, let's let's look at resilience because uh, it's interesting. Everybody's got a, a different definition of it. Uh, a lot of people will talk about re- resilience as being as bouncing back, having bounce back ability, which quite honestly is rubbish, because when you are in the intensity of a situation, you're not going to bounce anywhere. You just need to really focus on what is important, and what is important at that particular moment in time is having a realistic optimism, a realistic optimism, and to be able to understand that life and actions are meaningful, and then have the adaptability and creativity to work around the situation as it unfolds. That is resilience, nothing to do with bouncing. So the toolbox that you have talked about there, Andy, is a wonderful toolbox that I have co-created with my colleague, Doug Haynes. And we went into businesses and said to businesses, okay, or people within businesses, we said to them, okay, what does resilience look like? What does it mean for you? And I, I said to them, I'm not giving you any definitions. I want your understanding of this word. And we have come up with some wonderful images that are then put together in this toolbox. And the way in which I use them is as a coaching tool. So I will say to people, here we are, we've got 16, 18 images, look through them, select an image that metaphorically represents what's going on in your life currently. And what would it look like if everything was going incredibly well? Talk to me about it. Help me to understand your choice. Why did you choose that? What is the image saying to you? Um, And we have some very rich, cathartic conversations that come out of that, which is absolutely wonderful because people will often see things in the images that I've never seen before, never even thought of. So the important thing with the images is it helps people again with self-awareness and the uh, the skill set there is helping people to understand what it is that they need to do to move on and the only way to do that is through coaching. Yeah, I like it. Let's talk about the coaching. Let's talk about the process. I know I'm keeping you over time here, but I'm very fascinated. When an organization or a person reaches out, Robin, how does it work? Do they come to your platform? Then how does the coaching take place? Is it through videos or do you do Zoom calls or do you do private coaching? What's sort of the process at EI for Change? And let's talk about that. So to give our viewers a little bit of an understanding of how this specialized training and personal development and coaching happens. Well, people come to me and ask me for a number of different interventions in different ways. Can you run live workshops? Yes, I can. Can you do one-to-one individual coaching? Yes, I can. But uh, most of my business is is geared up around self-paced online learning. Now I have all approaching three dozen different courses based on emotional intelligence, 
where it's a complete package. People can watch videos, they're short videos, about five minutes each, giving them uh, some insights into the concepts around emotional intelligence, what it is and what it means. And then they have certain activities to take away from their computer, go and interact with other people with, get some feedback, and to put together their own development plan. And there are interactive quizzes within the courses, and there are a range of resources that people can download and print off and keep when the computer's not on. So they're like little crib sheets. So that that it really is a complete course. And then people can engage with the course in the way in which they want to. Now, on the basis of the fact that I have had hundreds of thousands of people taking these courses, people will then come to me after taking the courses, saying to me that they found them really valuable. They would like X, Y, or Z in terms of moving forward. And then I can put together a program or a package that is appropriate for them. Yeah. Really interesting what you've been able to do. I want to take some time, of course, going over time, but I want to take some time to give back to the entrepreneurial community. There's entrepreneurs watching the show. All entrepreneurs, you know, we have challenges at times. Some people call them problems. Other people call them challenges, whatever they may be. But we're human beings. And like you mentioned, we go through certain cycles at certain times. For the entrepreneurs watching the show, maybe they're a younger entrepreneur, maybe they're hitting a wall, maybe they're hitting you know, a freeze frame, maybe they don't know what to do, they don't know what decision to make, they don't know where to turn, maybe they're getting frustrated. What types of advice can you give, Robin, to those entrepreneurs that are facing a difficult time right now based on your specialized training and personal development and coaching? Oh, what a wonderful question to end on, Andy. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, look, over the last year or so, we have been immersed in a new tool, which is ChatGPT and artificial intelligence. Now, artificial intelligence is going to take over a lot of job roles, job functions. The, uh, artificial intelligence will do a lot of tasks far better than we can. But whatever happens with artificial intelligence, artificial intelligence can never, ever, ever be entrepreneurial. And the reason being is that AI cannot make judgments. AI cannot be creative and innovative. AI cannot build up relationships with people, network, and develop long-term relationships. And AI does not understand in any way, shape or form, spirituality and human traditions. And the reason why AI will never ever be able to do any of these things is because it lacks what you and I have got, Andy, and all the entrepreneurs out there have got, and every human being has got in the, on the planet, and that's a human brain. I love it. Robin Hills, broadcasting from the beautiful greater Manchester area. We spoke in a pre-interview, the, the, the photo behind Robin, he actually walks those hills and gets a lot of fresh air. And I'm sure he's doing a lot of thinking and adding on to his incredible uh, video sort of, I'm going to call it library, where people can just go through the videos on a self-directed, self-paced sort of 
opportunity and really learn how to change and really learn how to become better. Emotional intelligence, I hate to say it, but on steroids, I mean, you just really, you know, really learn it, really understand it and get deep and, and really help people change. Robin, this has been a great interview. I already know I want to bring you back on the show because there's a lot to unpack with your experience in sales and marketing and management and how all of that background and experience brought you to this EI for Change program, process, and platform based on data that you've been able to put out there with hundreds of thousands of people taking the training. This has been a real honor and a delight, Robin, to have you on the show. And thank you so much for coming on the dot-com magazine Entrepreneur Spotlight Series today. Thank you ever so much for having me on here, Andy. I will come back. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. 